Hello, Sawbona, how's it? Molo, Jambo, and welcome to Every Nation Devon Podcast. We hope this message will inspire you and draw you closer to Christ. Enjoy. Church, my name is Sobs with a Z at the end. I love Jesus. I'm married, one wife for now, until eternity, hallelujah. Uh, uh, I have two children. Uh, and yeah, so today I'm going to be taking you today's service. But before I do that, God showed me something during um, while we're worshiping, that it is done, you know. And uh, I was reminded of what Jesus did on the cross, that it is finished. And we were listening to a, to a, to a worship song yesterday, and uh, this artist is saying, E-we-ke-te-mane. So he was saying yes to what happened on the cross, that when, when that happened on the cross, it was done. You know, when Jesus said it is finished, it meant that healing was done. You know, it meant that provision was done. It meant that destiny is... It, it, it literally meant that heaven is done. You just have to play along, you know. And, 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 and that's what I got today, and I'm glad that the Lord was saying the same thing to our parents, that it is done, you know. And that, that has been the whole heart behind the Joshua series, that it is done. Now it's time for us to take what has been done. And we are being given, we are not even working for it. Hallelujah. I also had another image where we were exiting that door and where I'm standing, it is the promised land. Where I'm standing, it's your destiny. Where I'm standing, it's what God had said to you before you left that door. That sobs, I am taking you to this place, to this new company, start this business, uh, start this family, start your connect group, now leave that door. Now, God had to then, because he's a wise God, because he's my shepherd, because he will never leave me nor forsake me, because I am the sheep and he's the shepherd, because he leads me to greener pastures. He did not turn immediately and bring me here. Hallelujah. We see God taking me on a detour to get to the destiny or to the promise that he wants to fulfill. Now, why, Lord, are you taking such a long time? And this is what we learned in, when, we, when we spoke about the wilderness. That so, uh, A.V., I'm not sure if I can move. All right, thank you. So, so what we see is God takes me down here, and the next thing I have to meet with this couple over here, and they stir something in my heart where I can't forgive you. You know, like, how can you do this to me? How can you not host me? when I needed a place to stay, but we're having a baby, you know, but still, why can't you host me? The next thing, I'm in the wilderness and God is dealing with my heart, I don't forgive them. How can Christians be like this? And God just keeps journeying with me because he wants me to see what is in my heart, you know, and at that time, I think I'm done with those guys, and then I meet this awesome lady here who's watching Springbok, and... (laughs) And the next thing, she says something hateful. I'm like, God, why must I still deal with people who need my forgiveness? Why are people keep offending me all the time? But Lord, you said, you said you're going to give me that car. You said you're going to give me that job. But why am I dealing with this right now? And this is what happened. You know, you left that Egypt. You got that promise. And then you keep going. And then you then realize, okay, I need to forgive. And then you forgive. Oh, I forgive you. I forgive you. And then you keep walking. And then the walking becomes more faster. 
You know, you, you, you start pacing up with God because now God has finally shown you what he was dealing with you in your heart for him to take you there. And then just before you get there, you meet with the matetas. And there's another level of forgiveness. Now, these are probably your in-laws, these are probably your colleagues, or this is probably your wife, or these are probably your children. It's hitting home now. You've mastered forgiving church people. You've mastered forgiving politicians. You've mastered forgiving campus ministry. And the next thing, God brings it home. Like, Lord, how much more can I take? How much more can I take? And then God just camps you here. And then you just sit down. And then God just deals with you. He deals with you until you forgive. Until you're like, my sister, okay, my brother, I forgive you. I forgive you. And then God is like, yes, finally you get it. Now take what I have prepared for you. Now take it. Hallelujah. And thank you. Amen. So, amen. So, so this is what happens with the Israelites. And this is what happens with us. That sometimes things take so long and we can be so consumed with the length of the journey and not be consumed with the state of the heart. And... May this month, may you have seen that. And if you have not, I trust you have seen the illustration I've just made right now. That it is finished. It's just a journey now to get you here. Hallelujah. And this is what happens with the Israelites. So, so that's what God showed me. And I, I had to do that illustration so that we can bring it home and see what this really means. It's the same thing with giving. You know that Wablanga was talking about that until you master the art of giving, there's a place you will not be able to tap into until you tap into that, until you master giving, until you are consistent in giving, until you are disciplined in giving. You know, we, 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 have, we have a testimony, my wife and I, where we, we, we had issues with giving. You know, Lord, Lord I know, Lord, you, you don't want us to suffer, so if we give this money, we won't have enough groceries. I don't think that's how God is. That's not the God we serve where we've given the money and the next thing we don't have enough for groceries. Let's just give a portion of that. And for years, you know, and, and that was me. And my wife with her background was like, no, we have to, I'm like, baby, I'm the head of this house, you know, and that's it. You know, Jesus is Lord and I'm the head, you know. So for years and years, we journeyed into that until it hit me, finally. You know, in my own detour, until I finally got it, that this thing is about me, it's about my heart, and not just about giving. You know, the giving is a byproduct of the state of my heart and my relationship with God. Then we started giving. And then for the first time, I started trusting God with my finances. For the first time, budgeting was no longer a strain. You know, for the first time, when we had 100 rand in our account, and uh, we, we, I was no longer as bothered as I was before, because I had now finally come to a place of trusting God with my finances. And I'm still in that journey, and God is still busy with me in that place. That, okay, Gesobs, now that you've trusted me, can you trust me when there's a crisis, still with your finances? Can you trust me when you are behind in paying something, still? on the finances. So it's still my journey. And this is what happens. When God speaks that promise, he takes us on a journey. Hallelujah. And it is for us to walk by faith and to trust what God has done and to say, Lord, I'm looking at my heart and I'm not looking at anyone. 
Sometimes we can go around this journey and hate people where people had, have nothing to do with that. They are in their own wilderness. They are in their own journey, but they just happened to be there at that time purposefully. So it had nothing to do with them. It had nothing to do with the doctor who was late. It had nothing to do with the teller who did not smile when serving you. It had nothing to do with that. It had everything to do with you. Hallelujah. It had everything to do with you. It had nothing to do with Umpiti not being able to help me this time round. Bra, you've always been there for me. How can you let me down now when I need you the most? It has nothing to do with him. But it has everything to do with me. It has everything to do with me. No, they, they are not coming to Connect Group. I'm closing this Connect Group. It has nothing to do with them. It has everything to do with you as a leader. God is busy with your heart. And until you see that, you will love everyone because it has nothing to do with them. That is why Joseph, when his brothers came later on, he's like, no, you intended to harm me, but God, hallelujah, but God had plans, you understand? And then he says to them, don't worry, come, come, I will help you. And he did exceedingly and abundantly because it had nothing to do with them. He finally got that revelation. So it has nothing to do with Pastor Wayne not being here today. It has nothing to do with Ulungi not leading the worship today. Hallelujah. It has nothing to do with them, but it has everything to do with your heart. No, I didn't worship properly today because so-and-so is not here. Praise the Lord. It has everything to do with you. And may you allow God to journey with you because it is only through that journey you will get your destination. It is only through that journey you will get that promotion that God told you about. Amen. It is only through my journey where I finally realized that it had nothing to do with my neighbor. It had nothing to do with my manager. But it had everything to do with me. Hallelujah. Amen. So that's the Joshua series. And today, we are continuing. Last week, we talked about the importance of meditating in the Word of God. Say, meditating in the Word of God. And we spoke about the importance that this is an issue of life and death, that it is a lifestyle for us to meditate on the Word, that if you want to see my life, what you see now is a fruit of what I'm meditating on. So it is a lifestyle. And we also talked about that the issue of prosperity and success, it's not because you have many cars or you have many houses or you stay in Deben North and not in the South. But the issue of prosperity and success, it is living a life that God has called you to live. That is where success is. That does not mean your cars that you love won't come there. That does not mean the mansions you dream of won't come there. That is why the Bible says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and all shall be given unto you. So if you are a psychologist, it, you will prosper and be successful there. If you are an engineer, an administrator or whatever, if that is the place where God has called you, you will prosper there, you will be successful there. If you are a mother, you will prosper there and you will be successful there. Now, just because you are unemployed and you are a mother who is staying at home, it doesn't mean you will not prosper and be successful. Because the God we serve, we have learned that you don't work for things. He has done them already. He will give them to you. Do you believe that? 
That's what we've been talking about. That's what Matthew 6.33 says. He, he prepared Canaan long ago. And he says, okay, let me go and take them now. They did not have to work for Canaan. There were people in the promised land. They didn't have to work to be in the promised land. They didn't have to study geography and all the things that have to do with the land. And if we look at where uh, Canaan is, it is by the sea. So they didn't have to study courses related to by being around Deben, how to play soccer in Moses Mabida. They didn't have to do that. All they had to do was, Lord, Sifunawena, Sifunawena. And God just gives them Canaan. So just because you're a stay-at-home mom, just because you're unemployed, it doesn't mean anything to God that he will not give you what he has destined for you. And this is what the world has been selling over years and years up until today, and that's how the world functions anyway. You have to work for something. You have to work to qualify. You must meet certain criteria, KPIs, KPAs, laws, and all of that. That is good for the world, but that's not how we function in, the, in heaven. We are spiritual beings. We are Christians. Ours is to seek God, and the next thing you get a call for a job interview. You didn't apply. Some of you have that testimony, and then you get a call and you start working. That's it. And someone just comes in and says, you know what, I just felt God saying, let me give you this car. Where's Bob Lido? Here's a Rover, Land Rover. You know, so, so or Uncle Malcolm, or Uncle Malcolm with your big car, and the Lord leads you to give me that car, you know. So, so, so we can look out for that as well, because, because that's how, God, because that is how, because, hallelujah. So, be, be, because that is how God functions. Okay, guys. All right, all right. So, so, so that is how God functions, church, you know. Now, God stirs something in Uncle Malcolm's heart. Uncle Malcolm drops that Fortuna with a fuel card, registered, everything is there. And the next thing, Uncle Malcolm leaves, and when he gets it at work, they're like, chap, we're promoting you. You're going to be the premier of KZN, wada, wada. You're going to be the mayor, and here's your car and for your wife. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, Uncle Malcolm, hallelujah, <laughs> hallelujah, amen to that, amen to that. So, so, the point I'm trying to get to, the point, and, and, and God does this, you, you have your own small testimonies that may seem small where God just presented things to you without you even asking for them. Some you may have asked for them two years ago, and the next thing it's presented to you. So, this is how God functions, Amen. So it is through meditating on the word that we can only access those things because it is only the word that can steer us in that area. So, so yeah, so yeah, church. So we are continuing today from that place that we know that God is with us. He will never leave us nor forsake us. And we spoke about meditating last week. So may you continue to meditate. One of the ways of meditating we spoke about was when you meditate, you, you, you take in the word, you talk about it. You think about it. You imagine the word. You know, like, like right now, when, we, when I was saying you exit then, this is like, this was an imagination. So that's a process of, of meditation. You imagine how could this work, Lord? How is it possible that a man could walk on water? You go to, you go to the ocean and you start thinking about it. And then by the time you get to that sea and you, you just start worshiping God, that Lord, how can this be? 
How can this be? And then you look at the Red Sea, and then you go to Wana Beach or Debens or the beach frontier, and you imagine that water opening, and you're like, Lord, how can this be? You go to Umgeni River, same thing. You get there, how can a river open? And then you just worship, and that's meditation. You take that word, you meditate on it, and that's what the Bible was saying last week. It is saying only then we will prosper and be successful. Only through meditation we will. You take Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. You start Googling sheep and the shepherd, and you start imagining this thing, how can I be a sheep and you are a shepherd? And then you start learning about shepherds. What is a shepherd? You know, and then, then you start putting the picture together. Oh, wow. And then you start worshiping God. That is meditation. Hallelujah. Amen. Let us pray, church. Let us pray. Let's start with today's word. Father, we thank you so much. You are God. You are Alpha. You are God alone. And we bless you. Thank you for being with us. Thank you for continuing with us, Lord. Thank you for today's word. Speak to us. Minister to our hearts. Open our minds. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Uh, Guys, I'd like to invite my Connect group. It's here. So if you're in my Connect group, please stand up. Please stand up. May the real Connect group leaders please stand up. Please stand up. My Connect group leaders, please come. Uh, Please join me Um, as we had prepared. Guys, come now. Come now. Come now. Who who else is missing here? Who else is missing here? It's uh, okay. All right. So I think this is my Connect group, guys. And uh, no, this is my wife. And that is my Connect group. <laughs> yeah, so, all right. I don't see anyone, so it's fine. I, I, I'll just start with what I'm trying to show here. We have a Connect group in, 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 in Amanzimtot in Wana Beach. And that is plus minus 20 to 30 minutes away if Ntogozo is driving. Hallelujah. So it can be less if you ask Pumlani to drive. Yeah, so, so, so what happened is we started, and when we started the Connect group, it was only five of us. And that was approximately, yes, come, Mama Bunda. There they come, guys. Let's give them a hand. Let's give them a hand. Come on. Okay, so, so when we started the Connect group, we were approximately five of us. Actually, we were five. Today, roughly two years later, if not a year and a half, we have doubled. Hallelujah. Now, what I'm trying to show here is when we had to make that decision, it was a leap of faith. When we started there, we never imagined that we would double and be 10 plus. We never saw that. We, could have, we never imagined that a church based in Deben can have 10 people plus in the south and who consistently drive down every Sunday. We never imagined that. But God, what did God say? He said, start. At that time when we were starting, it was the Mbitis and the Mtwas, and uh, 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 her name has flashed, but point is, they, uh, Umamutuma, they had recently had a baby, right, at that time, eh? and Olua was also growing, so we had toddlers. I think uh, their daughter Zoe was roughly one year or a few months, same thing on, on our side. Now, that is not the time to start a connect group, Okay. You don't start a connect group having so small pay, but God said, start a connect group. And we started. We were obedient, we started. We had issues with time. When do we meet? 
So if you know me, I would have wanted us to meet every week, but thanks to my wife and Uma Mumpiti, we had to meet every second week, bi-weekly. And today, it has been amazing in our hearts to see people leaving the Connect Group on a Thursday saying, I was blessed, saying I needed that. Where we've prayed together, where we've seen testimonies, Uma Mumpiti getting a job, where we've seen Uma Muduma, who's not here, starting her own business, through just journeying together, where we've seen Uma Mwabunda joining us and finally encountering God from a place where she has never done before, where we've seen Unoli finally stepping out and showing off her leadership skills. And that only took place because there were five individuals who had God who were obedient to say, Lord, I don't, we don't know how you're going to do this, but we're going to start. Amen. So that's my connect group, guys. So thank you. They are not saying anything. Amen. You can have a seat. Thank you. So, so that is why today's sermon, the title is Faith Forward. Faith Forward. Because it is only when we faith forward when we start to tap into what God has promised. Until then, if we did not start that connect group, I don't think we would have witnessed what we have seen today and the changes that has happened in our life. Now, when you faith forward, sense says, you just had a child, they just had a child, you're working long hours, it's not going to work. That is what senses say. And that is what we may call its wisdom sobs. Don't start. Just wait for your children to be two years. It's wisdom. It, it makes perfect sense. It makes every family planning sense. Hallelujah. But God is saying, start. It is only through starting, because God said so, that you will start to see breakthrough after breakthrough after breakthrough after breakthrough. So we have got to faith forward because we don't know what God is going to do. And it is only when we faith forward that we know what God is going to do. Hallelujah. So, our opening scripture, Numbers 13, verse 2, it said, now, I want us, I want us to see how the Israelites, they faithed forward. Send some men to explore the land of Canaan, which I am giving to the Israelites. From each ancestral tribe, send one of its leaders. Next slide. Numbers 13, 27 to 33. They gave Moses this account. So these guys, they go. They come back. They gave Moses this account. We went into the land to which you sent us, and it does flow with milk and honey. God was right. Here is its fruit. But the people who live there are powerful, and the cities are fortified and very large. We even saw descendants of Anak there. The Amalekites live in the, in the Negev, the Hittites, all the Tites and the Tites and the Tites are in the hill country. They live near the sea and along the Jordan. Then Caleb silenced the people before Moses and said, we should go up and take possession of the land. Can you read that with me? We should go up 
and take possession of the land. Thank you. For we are certainly, for we can certainly do it. But the man who had gone up with him said, we can't attack these people. They are stronger than we are. And they spread among the Israelites a bad, a bad report about the land they had explored. They said, the land we explored devours those living in it. All the people we saw there are of great size. We saw the Nephilim there, the descendants of Anak. Uh, we, we seemed like grasshoppers in our own eyes, and we looked the same to them. Amen. And I was like, haven't we done this before? Where you are thinking, I'm not going to that church. God is saying, go to that church. I'm not going to that church. People there, uh, they are too fancy. Uh, people there, they drive big cars. It's only students. Uh, it's only young people. It's a specific race that's dominating. I'm not going there. And God is saying, go there. Uh, I'm not going to that company. It's a specific race-dominated company. Nah, tea works there. I can't go. Nah, I can't go. Um, so we've done this where we have looked at situations and we have immediately disqualified ourselves because of what we see. No, I can't make friends with that couple, those couples, they've got cars, we don't have a car. What will we do when they call us for a picnic? We don't even know what is a picnic. We are coming from Umgababa. You know, we don't even know what a picnic is. What are we going to say when they, hey guys, let's go for a picnic. Like, to pick what? Where? <laughs> we don't have knickknacks to pick anything, so what? So, so many instances, many instances, we have disqualified ourselves. And yet God is saying, make friends with that couple. Make friends with those young adults. No, man, they are too live. They're on Facebook. I'm not on Facebook. We won't jail. No, they are married. I'm not married. We won't jail. And God is saying, start networking. And yet we disqualify ourselves. You look down yourself. I remember in high school, because I was short, hallelujah, so I had issues with my height where there were certain friends I could not befriend because there was a group of just tall guys. And, but when it came to meds, I was the tall one, hallelujah. So, <laughs> so, so they would have to come down and humble themselves when, when we are preparing for exams. So... This is what happens, so we can relate with the Israelites here, with these guys, that, ish, we can't go there, we can or not. Next slide, Numbers 14, 6 to 9. Joshua, son of Nun and Caleb, son of Jephunneh, who were among those who had explored the land, they tore their clothes and said to the entire Israelite assembly, the land we passed through and explored is exceedingly good. Now, this is my type of a guy. If the Lord is pleased with us, hallelujah, he will lead us into that land. Say, lead us into that land. A land flowing with milk and honey. He will give it to us. He will give it to us. A land, it's flowing with milk and honey already. He will give it to us. Only, say only. Do not rebel against the Lord. And do not be afraid. Say, do not be afraid. Be strong and courageous of the people of the land because we will devour them. Hallelujah. 
Their protection is gone, but the Lord is with us. Do not be afraid of them. Hallelujah. Such faith. Such faith. Next slide. Numbers 14, verse 30. Not one of you will enter the land I swore with uplifted hand to make your home except Caleb, son of Jephunneh, hallelujah, and Joshua, son of Nun. So God is saying here, not one of you will enter. Because do you know why? We walk by faith and not by sight. So sight says, I can't be a campus minister, Sandil. It's too big. I have a lot of baggage. I have a lot of history to deal with. I've, I can't. I was raised by a single mother. I don't, know what's your, I don't know what's your sight. I was raised. I never had a father. My parents were fighting. I, only have, I was the only one at home. That's what sight says. But God is saying, you can do it. And this is what happened here. Because of your faith, these guys, they trusted God. They knew God. And the question is, do you know God? And my prayer, which I was talking about last week, that may you know God for yourself, such that when you see anything, you are like, Lord, I remember you did that and that. And then you, you will know what to say. Because you have, you have tasted the goodness of the Lord for yourself. Not only have you read it, but you have also tasted it. When it talks up. So this is what is happening here. So their faith was their ticket. So that is why when we meditate, our tongue changes. You cannot, you, 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 you cannot meditate and your tongue doesn't change. Now, you cannot force your tongue to change because consistency will be questioned at some point. So the more you, some of you, I'm going to change how I speak, I'm going to change how I speak. Jesus is Lord, Jesus is Lord, Jesus is Lord. Come Wednesday. Um, uh, what are you, Jesus, again? What are you? Because you are not meditating. But when you meditate, scriptures such as the Lord is my shepherd, they keep coming up. Sometimes I used to be so hard on myself that I don't know the scripture reference. Some of them I still don't, but I do know that there's a scripture in the Bible that says, he will never leave me nor forsake me. So I stay there. That in the Bible it says, he will never leave me nor forsake me. So it is through meditating that our tongues will change. Sometimes how we speak, it changes direction. That is why the book of James says your tongue is like something that it, it, it gives direction to a horse. They make an example, I think it's James chapter 4, where it, an example is made that if, whatever you say, it will take you to the direction you are saying. So what are you saying? God has given you a promise. It's been two years, it's been three years. Keep saying that. Keep speaking that thing, that thank you, Father, that you have prepared the promised land for ready. Thank you, Lord, that you are journeying with me. Oh, Lord, it's so painful. But I thank you that you are getting me there. Hallelujah. Joshua 1. We get into Joshua. Joshua 1, 10 to 11. So Joshua ordered the officers of the people, go through the camp and tell the people, say, tell the people, not with that political tone, tell the people, uh, tell the people, get, I was joking there, get your provisions ready. Three days from now, you will cross the Jordan. Say, cross the Jordan. 
here to go in and take possession of the land the Lord your God is giving you for your own. So what is happening here, these guys are here. This is the river Jordan. In three days from now, they are told you are going to cross the river Jordan. Now, let's go back there in the same scripture. They were not there when the Red Sea parted. They were not there, ne? This is 40 years plus later. They were not there. Only Joshua and Caleb were there. That's one. Secondly, Joshua is not recorded to having a, a rod. So even if they had read about it, how the Red Sea was opened, the question is, Joshua, how are you going to do it? Because what we have read is Moses had a rod. And Moses was old, if we can relate to Joshua. Now you can imagine, here is Uspo has to lead us. And you look at Pastor Wayne, Pastor Uspo, Pastor Wayne, Pastor Race, mm, mm, uh-uh, stay here. Height, uh-uh, stay here. Experience in ministry, I passed away. Do you understand? And this is what's happening here. I can imagine if I put myself in their shoes, the question is how? And this is normal. And now this is sense, asking that question. Next slide. Joshua 3, 14 to 16. So when the people broke camp to cross the Jordan, the priest carrying the Ark of the Covenant went ahead of them. Now, Say now. now. The Jordan is at flood stage. All during harvest. Yet, say yet. yet. As soon as the priest who carried the ark reached the Jordan and their feet touched the water's edge, the water from upstream stopped flowing. It piled up a heap a great distance away at a town called Adam. While the water flowing down to the sea off to the Dead Sea was completely cut off. So the people crossed over. Now let's stay there. Can you show us the next slide? There's a picture that we need to see here. So allow me to stand here. So what we see there, they were crossing from Abel around that area to Jericho. So where you see, that's your river. And... The Bible is saying the water stopped by Adam around that area, which is plus minus 32 kilometers away. Now, when the Bible says it was at a flat stage, it means this picture on your left. It was at that stage. And now, if, 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 if the Bible says they were near the river, it means they could see what was happening. So it was at a flat stage. So if you look at these pointers here, that's your salt sea, the Dead Sea. Now, it is at Earth's lowest elevation on the land, the deepest hypersaline lake in the world. Swimming, similar to floating, plants and animals cannot flourish. But here's what I want to, you to take here. I understand we probably did geography, standard grade like me. So what is more important here is, if you see the sea now, ne? it was below the sea level. So that means the gravity from the source to the Dead Sea, it, 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 if this was your, if, it, if this was this beach front, ne, the, the Dead Sea was below here. So what I'm trying to show here is the gravity of the Jordan River. That's what they are trying to explain here. So 
back to that, back to that slide that before this one. So, so what is happening here, these people have to cross. 40 years later, these priests were not at the Red Sea. It was a new generation. And what does the Bible say about us? We're a new generation. And at the Red Sea, it was Moses who was there. The priests were not there at the Red Sea. It was only Moses. Now we have priests in the Jordan. Priests who know nothing about the Red Sea. Now, let's look at this verse again. I want us to stay there a little bit because this is where the heart of the matter is. For us to enter into our destinies, into the promised land, into the promises that God has given us, we have got to be attentive to what happens here. Now it says, so when the people broke camp to cross the Jordan, the priest carried the ark. Now the Jordan was at a flat stage. Now, if I were to ask my friend, hey, chap, this is what I'm thinking. Mablanga, this is what I'm thinking. Wisdom says, or sense says, wait for it, let's give it two, three months, then we'll cross. It makes sense. You've got family, you've got children, you don't have a boat, you don't have a zip line. Stay. Can you swim? Not all of us. So stay. It makes sense. Bablanga said it, we are staying. Hallelujah. I've consulted with my elders in the church, we are fine. But God is saying, cross. But now, because I'm a, I'm a human being and I'm sobs and Umamupashe listens to me, I want someone to agree with the sense I have now. Because if I meet with Umamupashe, she's going to be like, hey, woman sobs, you know you are right. Dando won't like this thing. I think, don't cross the river, Jordan. And then we agree. Because now you want that person who's going to agree with this thing. Then once they agree, then you go home, no, I've checked with my older sister, this thing is fine. But God is saying cross. And I then ask myself, Lord, these people were not there just three days. They were there months before. And God says, cross at this time. There was a time where that river was low, man. There was a time when it was low. Like, God, why did you not say at that time? Why now? Oh, Lord. And God says, cross. It's all this time. Only this time, Lord, when our bank balance is zero. You're telling us to go to Mtat. <laughs> Only now, Lord, when I've been retrenched, you're telling us to accommodate my sibling. Only now, Lord, when I'm doing my last year in varsity, when I'm writing exams, you're telling me to help someone study with me. Now, Lord, Lord, do you understand this time that I have to pass? My family is depending on me passing. Only now you are saying I must help someone with accounting. You wait all this time. Only now. Yeah. And this is what God does. And then you check with your wife, you check with the person you are courting with. No, no, no. God would never do that. The devil is a liar. You can't cross here. Yay, Eight, we fell in this trap. And when I was reading this, I was like, Lord, can we go back to that flat stage? Can we go back to that? Now look. Now the children are the flat stage. Now it says, yet as soon as... Now, in the Red Sea, it is Moses 
who had them. Now, it's saying here the priests. Now, what did they have to do? They had to put feet. Come on, guys. They had to put feet now. It was no longer an issue of I'm standing here and rod. Hallelujah. Now, you must still put feet into a flat stage river. Guys, I'm planning a road trip to Israel, to the River Jordan. I'm hoping it's around the flat stage timing because I, I have to see this thing. Now, it was not Joshua who put his feet, but it was the priest. What type of submission to leadership is this? That your leader is standing here when a priest, you agreed to be a deacon, hallelujah. You agreed to be a connect group leader. Put your feet first. Put your feet first. Yo, put your feet first. It's your first year, you just arrived in this company, put your feet first. They will follow you. No, this thing has never been done in this company, put your feet first. No, this thing has never been done in church, put your feet first. And we, we know how our pastor is, he'll be like, go on, brah, put your feet first. He was like Joshua. Pastor Owen is like Joshua, put your feet first. I'm here, I've got your back. Put your feet first. Now, the feet is the foundation of a human body. We walk by faith and not by sight. So you must first walk by faith for us to see what God is about to do. Hallelujah. Now, you cannot see what God is going to do by standing. Water, open. Water, Water, open. No, 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 no. We are praying and walking. Father, we thank you that this water is open and that it opens. Hallelujah. And then I say, what? What? I go. 32 kilometers away, it starts stopping. And the next thing, everyone, oh, I'm also coming in. Oh, I'm also coming in. And the next thing, people are crossing. Because one person listened to God and he put their feet first. Put their feet first. Put your feet first. Do not conform to the standards of this world. You will live a life of work, home, work, home, work, home. When God wants you in that life to have an abundant life, in that same life, which is good, which is godly, but to have more. And then Umbiti will call you. Sobs, I've been looking at you, man. You have a child, you love Jesus, you're leading a connect group, blah, blah, blah. How did you do it? And then Sobs looks back, I don't know, but I can only see God. I don't know. I don't know. I can't even give credit to my wife because when I look back, I see God. I don't know. And then we testify of the goodness of God. Because why? You put your feet first. Let us not be afraid, church. We are not slaves of fear. Sense, there's a worshiper that says our wisdom is foolishness to God. What is God saying? What is God saying? Are you listening to God? Are you attentive to God? That's where it starts. As the year ends, may your heart cry that, Lord, I want to hear your voice. That is all I want to hear. Until I'm confident of your voice, I'm going to read your word. Until then, 
Until then, Lord, I don't know how you speak. Let me go to someone who I think knows. You ask that person, how does God speak to you? That's what I did. I asked many people because I always doubted the voice of God many times. Until someone says, no, that is God. Just trust it and go with it. Because sometimes we can doubt it's God. Is it not me? Is it not me? Is it you, God? Is it not me? May you hear the voice of God, church. So, some things won't change until you step in. Until you attend that network meeting. The business network meetings that you have to go, no, I can't go there, I don't have a suit. There are people, church, who don't come to church because they don't have clothes. And they are missing out into what God has for them. Do you have a suit to borrow them? So if they just wear it just one Sunday, then they come and see, oh, actually, even the preacher is just wearing a short sleeve shirt. So we should be fine. Even Ubablanga is just wearing flops, hallelujah. We should be fine. We should be fine. And then they give you your suit back, and then they continue with church. Hallelujah. Your primary role is you are doing what God said only. What did God say? The rest is none of your business. Your business is God's business. Hallelujah. Next slide. Thank you, A.V. Thank you, Father. So, so what I wanted to show you, this was 2009. We started an NPO in Umtata. I was based in PE. And I was doing my final year in engineering. And we're doing exams. It was around November. And God said, start an NPO back home, five hours away from PE. What does Sen say? It's not possible. That's what Sen says. What does Sen say? You are writing exams. It's your final year. You need to do in-service next year. You need to pass with distinctions for the first time in your time being here. <laughs> Hallelujah. That is what Sense is saying. That is what Sense is saying. Sense is saying, remember that physics, you didn't pass well last time? You might not pass well even now. That is what Sense is saying. But what is God saying? Start an NPO. I'm not working. Sense is saying you don't have money. Duh, you don't have money. That is what Sense is saying. And we started an NPO. And what you see there, there was cooking on your top right, there was a year when we were helping people who never had ID documents in that community. Now, I was no longer there. All I had to do was just to start. I started there. I was there. They continued. You come down the following year, someone says, let's start a match and speak God's love in this city. And that's why you see God's will in Umtata. So everyone wrote what they wanted to see in the city. We marched the main street peacefully, just speaking what we wanted to see. That was not my idea. Following year, just below here, we started renovating preschools. Following year, third year later, we started renovating care centers. We were not working. We were all campus students at that time. But I was working here now, so I had the money. You can see I have glasses now. Yeah. <laughs> Next slide. Next slide. Next slide, Avi. Next slide. Okay, so we continued. We continued. We renovated other centers because we're like, yeah, man, God is in this thing we're renovating, you know. So we did this twice a year because many of them were campus students, so June and December, 
we were able to do this. And then I came to Deben, I met Umbit. That is Untokozo on your bottom right there. Before he was married, obviously. Yeah, so, so that is Umbit. So on your bottom pictures, we then started a back-to-school outreach where we bought school uniforms for those children and many more who now start their following year with school uniforms. How did this thing start? It started with someone listening to God and saying, Lord, let's just get this done. So today, when the Bible says blessings will accompany me, I know why. I know why. Now, I no longer have to wrap up blessings, blessings, blessings. I know because what the Bible says, seek first my kingdom and all shall be given unto you. I know the desires of your heart. You should have invested that money in something else. You could have put it somewhere and it would be five million by now. Yes, praise the Lord. I'm going to give you all of that. But you, Sobs, I want you to do this right now. That's what I wanted you to do. So sometimes we can be so caught up in sense and miss what God is saying. Whether you are young or you are old, God is still talking to you today. Some of you have to host people. Some of you have to start connect groups. Some of you have to start companies. Some of you have to start new courses next year. Some of you, but there's something that God is saying to you. And if you can't hear God, we are going to pray for you today. You're going to hear God. If you are doubting the voice of God, today you will not doubt the voice of God again. Because it is at that point when we start doubting the word of God. Amen, Basalwan. Uh, God has been teaching me the whole idea of speaking prophetically. And the only way for you to master that, if there's, that word is right, you just have to keep doing it. The more you speak, that mm, I feel like God is saying this, does that mean anything to you? They say yes, like yes, Lord. Like, yes, Lord, it means something. So I'm in queue. You do it again. So I did this twice at a restaurant. Got into my and bin. I feel God is saying something. First time I'm with my friend. We're having coffee. And first time I was right. Hallelujah. And I thank God. Hallelujah. Like, yeah. And second time, we go to another restaurant. So I've, I've had this thing that God does not send us to places for nothing. It is not just about the coffee. It is about everyone there. So I'm sitting there, expectant, but I'm here. And then this lady comes. I feel like this is what God is saying. And she says, no, I don't have a child. <laughs> and then she's like, I don't have a child. I'm like, are you sure? <laughs> so, so at that moment, at that moment, I'm like, okay. No child at home. <laughs> so point is, the more you do it, the more you get to hear God more. The more you get to hear after that, I didn't give up. I kept doing it, kept doing it, and I kept being more accurate to what God was saying. So the more we step out of faith, the more we get better at it. The more we faith forward, the better we become. You won't become better by standing. You'll become better by faithing forward. Next slide. Okay. 24, okay. He did this so that all the people of the earth might know the hand of the Lord is powerful. Say powerful. And so that you might always fear the Lord. So in Joshua 4 now, 
Joshua is talking and saying, God did all of that so that you might know that the hand of the Lord is powerful. How will you know the powerfulness of God's hand if you don't faith forward? Will you keep talking about my testimonies? That no, there's a brother I know in church, he started in 2009 and the Lord kept him. I think you can start your own 2019 type of a scenario. Know God for yourself. Next slide. Joshua 4, 13. About 40,000, now, about 40,000 armed for battle crossed over before the Lord to the plains of Jericho for war. Say war. We are about to wrap up church. Now we are moving into Jericho. I want to show you another common factor into crossing the River Jordan. And my encouragement with you as we wrap up is may you continue to study the book of Joshua. It is an amazing book of after the Jericho, they took over the land, there were wars they had to fight, there was disobedience again with the Israelites, they were obedient again. So it was like an ongoing cycle into the book of Judges onward and onwards. So please continue. But for the sake of this series, we are going to end here. But we believe that the Lord has said what he wanted to say. Amen. Say 40,000. 40, Armed for battle. Next slide. Joshua 6, 3 to 5. Now God says, hey, but guys, I don't know how God operates. And I think that's why we're always in awe of him. March around the city once with all the armed men. Say with all the armed men. With all the armed men. Do this for six days. Have seven priests carrying trumpets of rams, horns in front of the ark. On the seventh day, march around the city seven times. Now, check this. On the seventh day, march seven times. With the priests blowing the trumpets, when you hear them sound a long blast on the trumpets, have the whole army give a loud shout. Say loud shout. Then, say then. then. Guys, I love then in the Bible. Yeah, but not then yet, but you must know the author wanted to show you something there. The wall of the city will collapse and the army will go up. Everyone straight in. Let's stay there. Now we're in Jericho. Let's leave the flood we've crossed. Uh, I hope you've taken notes. So God is saying here, march around. Now who is he saying must march around? An army. Now, an army is ready for battle. And the verse before that is 40,000 armed men. So these guys were armed. And you, God Almighty, King of Kings, you are saying they must march around. Come on, Lord. Lord, I'm an engineer. I draw. I don't walk around the paper. You know, I don't walk around the paper. Give me a drawing software. We'll draw the church. We are ready. We plant the church. Now, God is telling an army to walk around. Now, can, let's just allow that to sink in. God is not interested in your qualification. God is not interested in your qualification. Yes, he will use it, but it's not primary. It's not the master for the kingdom of God to grow. 
These guys were well trained. They've been traveling for years. They must still walk again. They learned the promised land, they are there now. And they were told that they're going to be given. So it's theirs. But they must still walk around Jericho. Six days. On the seventh day, six times. Seven times. I was checking if you're listening. So, <laughs> so, and this is what happens with us, church. Sometimes we can be so qualified for God, so qualified for God, with so much experience. I've, I've run so many businesses. I'm not looking at you, Andre. I've, I've done businesses, bro. <laughs> you know, and experience can be there. And there's nothing wrong with experience. God uses experience. But at this time, God is like, I'm not using your experience now. Will you listen to me? Will you trust me? When I say walk around, are you going to trust me? Will you obey me? So now the size of Jericho was approximately the size of Moses Mabida. So I think we can say roughly that is when the whole thing of marathon started and running around a soccer field. So the army, so the families are not there. The families are not there. And God says, with all the armed men. So I think, church, sometimes we can look at what we have and immediately we create an expectation how God is going to do this. Immediately you come in, you are, you, you, are, you are known of this profession, and you get there, they tell you, no, we need you to do administration for us for the next year. That's what happened to me when I was doing my in-service training. I'm an engineer, now I'm doing admin the entire year. And at that time, it's painful, it's not nice, and probably I didn't hear God that God said I must do that or he allowed that. But we are in situations sometimes where things are not going to how I imagined them to happen or how I've seen them happening. If so-and-so it happened that way and God came through, then for me as well it should go this way. But God is saying, walk around. Walk around. I know you are armed. I know you are qualified. But walk around. And then on the seventh day, the city will collapse. When you shout. Now, I don't know which army trained soldiers to shout. And I can imagine that this army was not trained to shout. Now they are told to shout on the seventh day. Now, I can imagine that they never got it all that time. And when they said shout, it was even worse. Shout, Lord, on top of everything. We were obedient to your word. We meditated on your word. We did not look right or look left. We tordered your word, Lord, hallelujah. And now you are saying I must shout. And then you are saying these walls, which were five meter high, two meter deep, will fall. Really, Lord? How much can we take? But they were obedient. But they never questioned what God was doing and what happened. Today, thousands of years, we are talking about the walls of Jericho. Because there were men and women who were obedient to the voice of God. Who said, Lord, even if it doesn't make sense, I'll do it anyway. 
Does it make sense for me to come all the way from Wana Beach to come to every nation, Deben? I'll go anyway. Because I feel like you've called me there. I'll go anyway, Lord. I'm passing, don't, don't river churches on the way. Faith, what, what churches, praise the Lord. I've visited them. But Lord, you are still calling me to every nation. I will go anyway. Next slide. We are wrapping up. Hebrews 11.30. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell. After the army had marched around them for seven days. Next slide, Joshua 6, 27. So the Lord was with Joshua, and his fame spread throughout the land. And how did this fame start? It started with one man who trusted God. The fame came on its own. All he had to do was to meditate on the word, trust God, go into the water, give instructions, and the Bible says his fame spread throughout the land. I can attest to this. Many of us are leaders in various areas, and our fame has spread. And not because we are mighty and powerful or we know better, but because one day we were obedient to God to start the marketplace. Now everyone knows Andre and Navasha. Everyone knows that there's a pastor called Wayne somewhere. Everyone knows that there's Usandile Chile somewhere in Deben because of the impact he has done on some students on campus. Everyone knows that there's Umak in UKZN because that's what the Bible is saying and his fame spread throughout the land. So a fame that has been caused because we obey the Lord because we do not look right or we look left. A fame that has been caused because we meditate on the word day and night. Next slide. So, allow your fame to spread, church. 1 Peter 2.9 says, but you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his light. Ephesians 4.1. Thank you, Spoo. As a prisoner for the Lord, then I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Now, this is Paul speaking, he's in prison, and he's like, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. So, church, it is up to us. When Jesus on the cross said, it is finished, he meant it is finished. That's what he meant. It is now time up to us as a church to make a decision that today I am taking what is mine. Today I am taking what is finished. I am not building a new thing. I am not restarting a new thing. But I am taking what is mine. Hallelujah.
The next slide, A.V. Ephesians 4, 1 to 3. Message version. I loved it more. It says, In light of all of this, here's what I want you to do. I want you to get out there. Get out there and walk. Better yet, run on the road. God called you to travel. God has called us to travel on a road, church. Can we please stand as we close? Thank you for tuning in. For more messages like these and other resources, you can visit our website at endurban.org. Remember to subscribe to our podcast channel to stay up to date with the latest sermon. Be blessed.